Hey everyone, it's Henry, Mike, and Jeff of The Decentralists, and welcome to another podcast, this one called White Hat or Black Hat. So we've been ringing alarm bells about invasive surveillance technologies like facial recognition and electronic surveillance in multiple blogs and podcasts over the years. Two of the biggest offenders, Clearview AI and NSO Group, have come under a lot of fire recently, and they're starting to get banned and sued as a result. So Clearview AI is a company that markets a facial recognition database to law enforcement agencies around the world, and NSO Group sells spyware technology called Pegasus to countries and law enforcement agencies as well. It allows them to infect iOS and Android devices silently and to gather unencrypted data. So, Mike... Jeff, Clearview AI and NSO Group's technology was allegedly built to enable legitimate law enforcement and governments to do their jobs. But what happened? What's, 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 what's going on now? Things have changed, Mike. Yeah, this is a topic that just won't go away, but, you know, it's for a reason, right? Like, let's, so, you know, let's, let's kind of step back a second. I think in order for us to figure out why all of a sudden these guys are getting sued, we have to figure out where they came from in the first place. Yeah, let's review that. You know what I mean? So if you think about if you think about Pegasus, let's start with the Pegasus software from NSO Group. So the Pegasus software from NSO, NSO Group was basically built to crack an iPhone's password when Apple refused to do it. Oh, I remember that a few years back. Five years ago, something yeah. like this, there was a suspected terrorist who was on an army base in Florida and shot a bunch of people and they got his phone, right? And they went to, to Apple and they said, look, we've got this phone. It's got the, you know, enter password 10 times, fail, it, it, it blows up, right? Apple basically said, well, we're not building a backdoor, into the into the OS because that's not what we do. It would just make the phones unsecure for all of our users. Mm-hmm. So the FBI said, come on, come on, come on, tried to pressure them. They said, no, no, no. And so they said, okay, fine. We found somebody else who's going to do it for us. Oh. Right. So the FBI, right, a government agency in the United States with, you know, I mean, arguably an admirable, you know, mission in trying to find evidence of, you know, terrorist involvement and all this other kind of stuff went to a kind of a private company. Where were they based? In Israel. Okay. Okay. And and they basically went to this private company, and this private company created what in a normal, in a kind of the normal parlance would be hacker tech. Oh, yeah. Would be something that, that would be used by what they call black hat hackers. Okay. Hackers that, 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 you know, do ransomware and phishing attacks and, and they basically compromise systems, um, in order to gain an advantage. Okay. Mm -hmm. But when the government comes to them and says, can you build this for me? They become what's called white hat hackers, (laughs) right? Which means they've been asked to hack a system for a quote unquote legitimate reason. So they, you know, they build this software, they get, they sell it to the FBI and the FBI uses it to crack this iPhone and everybody around the world, Interpol, all these police agencies start going bananas and they go ahead and they say, that's it. I want this. I want this. I want this. I want this. They start getting orders from all over the place. And it becomes a business and it becomes a business, right? So now you've got an office somewhere in, you know, in Israel and Tel Aviv, wherever, and you've got employees that, you know, are hired to work on software, just like we have 
we work on software. Sure. Okay. And Clearview is the same thing, kind of, right? Except Clearview kind of started from a from a little bit of a different angle. It wasn't necessarily a law enforcement thing, right? So Clearview is a little bit different in that what they did is build an application that's that basically what they call scrape. So they have all these little automated programs that run around the internet. And they go around all of these social media sites and they gather up pictures, phone numbers, right? Names. Exactly. And as part of this, they build this inventory of facial recognition from basically publicly, quote unquote, right. publicly available information. And so big surprise, right? Now they can say we have 2 billion people's faces mapped. And because it's in social media, it, it leads to their address, their home, their friends, their family, everything. Yeah. And so big surprise. Guess, who, guess who's first in the line to buy this? Law enforcement. Okay. Law enforcement agencies in Canada, the RCMP, as you remember, about a, a year and yep. a half ago, it was exposed that the RCMP bought Clearview's database. And the idea is, is now police officers can walk around with a phone and they can basically just hold it out on a crowd of people walking down a street. And, and anybody who basically pings up can be matched to a database and they know everything about you. Right. Okay. And so all of a sudden everybody's like, wow, this is great. We can just use this thing. We can, you know, take a picture of some guy that we just arrested and find out who he is, where he lives, who his friends are, what he's done, blah, blah, blah. Right. And so the, the, the idea is, is that these technologies were created, right, for the purposes of enabling, quote unquote, legitimate law enforcement and kind of security, um, you know, kind of, I guess, procedures. But when all of a sudden what started to happen over the last couple of years as we've been talking about this is um, journalists, whistleblowers, people yeah. like this are coming forward and saying, but this tech, we already know facial tech recognition technology isn't accurate, right? Especially for people of mixed races. Sure. Um, and, 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 you know, so they're kind of going, they're questioning, right, the validity of using this and basically saying, well, it shouldn't be that the, that the, that law enforcement has this huge invasive database of every Canadian available to every cop with a phone. And because of that, aren't there like lawsuits now being presented That's to government? Exactly the point, right? So, so just what you what you started to see, it started with Clearview, right? Where where all of a sudden, you know, law enforcement agencies like the Metropolitan in London, which is the most surveilled city in the world, mm -hmm. and and the RCMP in Canada get exposed for using this software. There's a public outcry, and now what they're doing is turning around and biting the hand that feeds them. They're going, they're basically going after, they're being forced to say, we, you know, the government says you have to remove this Clearview technology. You can't use it anywhere, yada, yada, yada. And they're issuing apologies and saying they're not going to do it and all of this kind of stuff. And then NSO, which is the, the, the hacker spyware, and it's really bad. Eh? I mean, this, this Pegasus software can be loaded onto any mobile device silently yeah, without no knows. anybody being know, knows that it's loaded. And then it can be used to activate any of the onboard equipment and any of the files on the device to collect any information they want. Wow. And so they found it on, you know, there's been some of the high profile things that have happened just in the last six months. They, they found um, a copy of it on the Saudi dissident journalist Jamal Khashoggi's wife's phone. Oh, well, there you go. 
They found it on one of the, I guess, just recently ex-princesses of Dubai's phone. Right, right. And now they found it on nine U.S. State Department officials' phones. Wow. And potentially it was Pegasus that was used um, to infect Jeff Bezos's phone. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Which ended that. up in a $30 billion divorce. We talked about that. So the idea is, 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 is now what you're seeing is, is these companies that have been set up for years, have, have had a legitimate business for years, have been basically given a license to use, to program, create, and sell for money hacker technology that is used to surveil people basically. And now the governments that can, basically they all said, we only sell to legitimate governments. Now those governments are turning on them. So where do they go next? No kidding. This is something that a lot of people don't talk about. You know, they're not focusing on the fact that if NSO group has 150 employees, for example, say I'm just guessing there, what do you do tomorrow when now all of a sudden your channels to legitimate governments are cut off? Right. Do you now close shop and say, well, our modus operandi, our whole reason for being is now gone. So we're just going to close shop. Everybody can go find a job at, you know, IBM or something. Yeah. I think the challenge, I think I, just, just to hit on something yeah. you, you said there, Mike, uh, you know, this, this term legitimate governments, I think the challenge mm -hmm. is for these companies is our, you know, the definition of air quotes, legitimate governments is, is fuzzy, right? Where Saudi Arabia and Dubai and these, you know, the Emirates and all these groups do not groups, nations do t terrible things and have terrible human rights records and chop up journalists, but they are allies of the United States. Right. You know, in Saudi Arabia, there is us air bases and, you know, and, yeah. and when Saudi Arabia does something bad, Biden just has some kind of tepid response where he uh, sanctions a handful of middle level people, but refuses to say anything bad about the crown prince and, uh, you know, any of this stuff. So when you say to these nations, or sorry, these companies, what are you doing selling to Saudi Arabia? Uh, the Their response would be, well, they're an American ally. What are you talking about? The government doesn't condemn them, blah, blah, blah. So I think if they were selling to North Korea or maybe even Iran or any of these nations where someone has arbitrarily decided that Iran bad, Saudi Arabia good, then it's it's a harder case to make that – and they could argue, I think, successfully, we're not, we're not evil. I mean, you're – you are selling predator drones to Saudi Arabia and we are selling some software to Saudi Arabia. And, and what's the difference? Exactly. Until, until the West stands up for democracy, stands up for freedom of speech, freedom of expression, personal liberty, you know, for all people, then any, any pardon me, any condemnation just rings hollow. And, and I think these companies can, can quite easily skate with, with that sort of, with that sort of rebuttal. Okay. So Mike, based on what Jeff just said, let's say the outcry gets 
you know, massive. Mm-hmm. There are so many lawsuits and, mm-hmm. and, and, and some of them win or whatever. Um, if, do you feel that governments could potentially stop using it? And if that were to happen, uh, I would assume that these companies would have to find another market, right? Other buyers. Well, and, and, and that's, you're right, Henry. I mean, that's the point. What are the, they, the way I see it is these guys have three choices, right? They can go out of business. <laughs> they, no, seriously. They can shut down and say, you're right. This is evil, right? We never should have done it. We're done. Shut down. Number two, they can just continue on their path of selling to, you know, quote, unquote, legitimate com- uh, countries, but that list will get gradually smaller and smaller. Mm-hmm. Or the third is they, they, they kind of remove that legitimate category or they change with their definition. So, so the point I want, one of the, one thing I want to kind of touch on. So, you know, one of the things that these guys do is they don't talk about, it's not so much that they are connected to the Americans. They're connected to, they say, when, whenever you see these stories about these guys, they talk about, Countries that have clean human rights records, countries that have clean democracy records, that type of thing, right? So what you've got is 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 a, a technology that was created by theoretically legitimate, you know, Western nations for a theoretically legitimate purpose, right? Law enforcement, uh, you know, quickly identifying criminals, and you know, for anti-terrorism. Mm-hmm. And now I think the danger is is if the Americans aren't going to buy it. And the Brits aren't going to buy it, and the Canadians aren't going to buy it. I bet you the Russians will, <laughs> and I yes. bet you the freaking guys in Myanmar will, and the guys in Brazil will, and the folks in China will have no no problem with it, right? And so now what happens is is these technologies that that were originally created and marketed, you know, basically for the Western nations that are turning on them as a tool to help keep the population more secure, now get turned around as a tool to make, to enable autocratic regimes to upgrade their technology. Yeah. So I would argue, Mike, that there is a fourth option. If I was in charge of these companies, which I wouldn't be, but if I was, my fourth option would be to develop technology that you sell to democratic nations, United States, Canada, United Kingdom, uh, Germany, Belgium, blah, blah, blah. list is long, but not long enough, uh, that they can use on their enemies, right? So make this software and sell it to the intelligence organizations so they can deploy it onto phones in Russia and, you know, an an enemy in Russia, an enemy in North Korea, uh, you know, an enemy in whatever nation is, is speaking threats against the West. Right. You know, use it that way because there are plenty of legit software companies that you never hear about that are selling to CSIS and the CIA and, and and right. others, MI six, of course, that is MI, you know, that that is used out outside of the nation to not surveil the citizens, but to gather intelligence from, you know, from enemies. Because I think nobody would complain if if this software turned up on the phones of Al Qaeda, 
and right. and it was used to prevent an Al Qaeda attack in Germany or or Britain or wherever. So that is the other option, which is to just pivot right. and and sell it for that capacity. And I yeah, I've, but. And I frankly don't know why that, maybe that is happening and, and we don't know about it, but there are lots of software companies that are doing that kind of thing quietly right. and, uh, and that would be fine. Well, but, but you see, and I, I kind of, you know, and I think the problem is with that one, I, I, I do agree with you. That is something that could theoretically be legitimate, but that was the NSO group thing in the first place. Right. Okay. Like the, the challenge, the challenge is, is if you, if you remember the substantive kind of nature behind Snowden's whistleblowing on the NSA, okay. Was the fact that NSA is, is basically a, a, a domestic uh, kind of organization, which is from my understanding, NSA is like a domestic surveillance organization, but they're not allowed to use technology on American citizens, right? And so one of Snowden's problems was, is that all they would do is the NSA would create some piece of hacker tech like Pegasus, and they would give it to the Brits at, G at, at their, you know, kind of MI6 headquarters and say, do me a favor and put this on some Americans' phones. <laughs> right. And then they have this five eyes intelligence sharing thing and it's a way to get around the rules. Right. And I, and that was what was, was kind of the substantive part of Snowden's revelations was a, this data was being collected and B it was in fact being used against Americans, which it's not supposed to be. Right. And so, you know, I, I think that the, 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 that, you know, the, the idea is just these, this technology is, under the umbrella of hacker tech mm -hmm. and hacker tech is not meant to be legitimate. And, and, and it, 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 as far as I'm concerned, guys, there's a difference between NSA employing people to uh, make technology that they're going to deploy on some specific, you know, Al Qaeda terrorist phone in the Hills in Afghanistan then the then a then an intelligence agency hiring a private company a private profit driven company to create this technology it's a loophole that's used to get around regulations it's a loophole that's used to get around all these things and 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 so the danger is now you you've opened pandora's box created a monster whatever analogy you want to use and you can't expect them just to shut down and, wa and walk right. and ride off into the sunset. But again, that's not the fault of the companies, right? If you oh, make, for sure. if you make hacker tech and that is, you make predator drones, right? And you're yeah. selling predator drones and they are meant to blow up terrorists and some, you know, the UK buys a predator drone and accidentally bombs Hawaii um, or the UK, right. you know, that's that is a misuse of the technology that was sold. And, and perhaps I'm splitting hairs here, but if somebody makes hacker tech, sells it to the U S for use in surveilling the enemies of America, the enemies of Canada yep. and Canada or the U S turn around and surveil, use it to surveil their own people. You know, the redress there is, is uh, through the courts, through the laws, through whatever, um, it's not, 
you know, it's not the fault of the hacker tech company. Right. Now, if the hacker tech company turns around and sells it to Saudi Arabia and sells it to Iran and sell, yeah. you know, does all this shady stuff that is perhaps counter to, you know, trade laws or, or is just morally wrong, mm -hmm. then, then that is very different. But to me, there's a pretty, you know, there's a pretty clear line there where I don't think, I don't think the sale of hacker tech to the U S government is particularly wrong provided it is, it is used within the correct legislative framework. And that is the, the secondary problem. So I think you're right, but I'm going to, but I'm going to counter. So this is a good one. I'm going to counter with um, landmines. Okay. So basically, uh, what was it? Something you remember, Princess Diana, when she was still around, she was doing this global campaign to outlaw landmines, mm -hmm. right? And landmines have le legitimately, by by you know, ex a great number of the UN kind of signatories, have been made illegal. Yeah, right. And so, if you're the guy that sits around making landmines, your business, you're out of business, right? Or predator drones. You're theoretically, and the government comes back and says, no, we're outlawing the use of, of, of drone aircraft against civilian populations. But then all of a sudden you see these predator drones popping up, flying around on top of Iran, on top of Kazakhstan, on top of Yemen and all these places. It's obvious that these guys are still selling this stuff. Through some channel. Through some channel. And the government can go, why are those predator drones flying around? Right. And then they can and then the U.S. government can say, we signed this thing. These are illegal. We're shutting you down. Get the hell out of my country. Right. You want to go live in Yemen? Good luck. But this is this is technology that nobody sees. Right. Nobody knows it's on their phone. Nobody knows that they've been profiled in a facial recognition database and all their information is available. Right. It's it's a I think it's I think it's a subtle but meaningful difference. Where now, if all of a sudden, the, the, you know, the governments have decided this technology should not be in the hands, uh, it, it's too dangerous, we, we, we let it out of the box, then basically, uh, how do you even know it's no longer there, right? How do you not know, how do you know that yeah. a million, a billion people in India don't have this installed on their phones? Yeah. Or every journalist on this planet? Yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely That's right. That's the danger, is we have no idea, because it's built... To not be detected. Yeah. Right? <laughs> exactly. So now what we're doing is we're taking legitimate uses, legitimate companies, legitimate technology, air quotes, and we're forcing them into an illegitimate world to just make it worse. Uh, Michael, uh, Jeff, it's, it's definitely a complex subject. Uh, and, you know, we're just you know, a few folks thinking about goodness knows what really goes on at the highest levels within the government and the highest levels of these corporations. So um, uh, we'll probably never know, but I think it's incredibly important to always be aware of this type of technology and always try and, you know, keep your eyes open so we don't stumble over things more than we have to. Well, and let's remember, Henry, if it wasn't for the independence of journalists, we wouldn't know about this technology. Yeah, the people who dump all that stuff. You're right. right. Yeah. Uh, okay. Thank you so much, guys. It was it was it was really interesting, and uh, who knows? Maybe we'll have another episode similar to this in the future. Depends on what happens. Time to go wipe our phones, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> thank you, Michael. Thank. I'm starting over. <laughs> Thanks, Jeff. Bye. <laughs>